This is an AMI podcast. Oh, hello. Welcome along to another episode of Double Tap for a brand new week. It's Monday. It's the 25th of September, 2023. And today it is all about you and your feedback. You're listening to Double Tap, your daily accessible technology show. Now, here's your hosts, Stephen Scott and Sean Priest. Hey, Sean Priest, happy new week. Hey! <laughs> it's Monday. You know what? I am feeling good, Stephen Scott. I've got a spanking new haircut. Ooh. I've got a cup of tea. I've popped a packet of Pringles, or a oh. tube of Pringles, probably, I should say. Yep. And uh, I am feeling Full of life, full of vigour, full of vim. Full of e-numbers, I would imagine. Um, yes. Most likely by the sounds of it. Yeah, do you know, I feel good too. I've had a lovely weekend, just relaxing, just chilling, you know, just actually, you know, and I'll do, I will admit, I've been a little bit quiet on the Braille front. I know a lot of you have been getting in touch asking how I've been getting on with the Braille mm. class. And uh, you might think, oh, here we go. Here we go again. He's, you know, he's been too busy and he's not had time. Well, you know, Slacking. actually, yeah, I, I, over the weekend, I've been, I've been doing the work. I've been doing the work. Actually, do you know what I've been doing most? Just reading. Just reading. Well, that's just a joy, Stephen Scott. Just the simple pleasure of reading. <laughs> Go on. What's that letter again? What does that mean? <laughs> What's that for? What is that word? Oh, it's Getting zero. Really right, annoyed zero. With yourself. That's a yes. Z. You know, all that kind of stuff. You're sitting going, hero, Nero. Uh, <laughs> it's like, what is this word? Oh, do you know, just remember, that just gave me a thought there. Do you remember Nero? Of course, I, I think it was like a Greek oh, god or something. Nero burning. Yeah, that's, that's what I was thinking of. Yeah, yeah this, this, Nero the, burning. This of course. Burn CD. Anyway, <clears throat> totally different point. Uh, that but was yes. weird. Uh, but yeah, I have been uh, getting my Braille uh, on over the weekend. I like saying that, getting my Braille on. It sounds cool. I did notice you used the word chilling as well, you know, which was uh, very youthful of you. Well done, you. Yeah, that's it. Making it's, an effort. I've been learning a lot about Bill and Jane and their adventures. Ah. Uh, Jill as well. Uh, I think me. Jill's involved in this. I feel like I feel like I'm about to unearth some big news. Uh, because, you see, the thing is, if you don't understand mm. the whole Bill and Jane thing... If you have gone through the fingerprint course in the UK, um, then and actually it came out of the Royal National College of the Blind in Hereford, which is hey. the one you went to, right? That's right. Yes, I am. Um, is it alumni? Al- alumni? I don't know what the, it, that American thing. There is a word uh, for it, but I'm sure it's offensive now. Yes. Around 35 years ago, I was there. It's yeah. great. Well, that's where the course came from, and it was picked up. By RNIB in the UK, and they've redeveloped it, and they've made audio versions. You can buy all that online, which is great, and you can go through the course. You don't have to have the the Perkins Brailler. It does help if you do have one, but if you don't have one, you can still go through the course. It, they provide all the books, and that's what I'm using. That is really what I'm using, and those are the books I'm going back and forward on. Books. And in those books, yes, that's books. how you see books. Uh, as you go through them, you learn about <laughs> Bill and Jane and their experiences, and uh, you can spend a lot of time just laughing you know Why? it's like it, it especially, well especially in the early days it starts off with things like bill likes ham jill likes jill hates jam you know it's that kind of thing at the beginning ah. and then it moves on to some kind of murder story um because i think that's the thing that stories do get pretty dark in these books but i think it in a way it's to kind of try and keep your interest up 
I suppose so. You know, yeah, it's quite clever actually the way they've done it. So yeah, well, I must say you did tell me you you know you are going through those books, so I know you are doing it. It's quite impressive, Stephen Scott. Well done. But like you said, mm. you're getting that taste for it though, aren't you? I am enjoying it, you know, and I think it's it is just that thing of not having something talk. I mean, today, uh, you know, in the office, I've been getting ready for the show, and last week especially, maybe more so by the end of the week, as the, as you know, you get a bit frazzled by the end of a week. Everything is talking. You know, your phone is talking, your computer's talking, and other computers talking. The laptop's updating, and it's telling you every three seconds. Yes, please yes. do not restart your computer. Please do not turn off your computer. Please do not turn off your computer. Please do not. You're ninety ten percent, ninety two percent there. You're ninety three percent there. You're ninety three percent there. You're ninety four percent. It's like yeah, no. <laughs> it just gets a bit frustrating after a while, and you know, just having all that under your fingers, ah, it's quite nice. Braille even got, even, at even your got fingertips. My, it oh. even got my Focus 40 out, connected it to my iPhone. That's a dream combination, by the way. Uh, I mean, Braille display and iPhone. I mean, I mean, really is a Braille, uh, a fantastic, a brilliant. Uh, that's another brand, isn't it? Mm. Yeah. Uh, yeah already that's, had uh, that one. <laughs> can't, can't say that. Focus 40, it's brilliant. Uh, <clears throat> that would upset some companies. But um, yes, that's what I've been uh, doing over the weekend. Good on you, sir. I've but been it, doing nothing. <laughs> well, quite right. You know what? Weekends are for relaxing. Look, we work hard enough during the week doing these shows. Uh, we had lots to talk about last week, even more to talk about this week. Of course, Meta Connect event coming up. That's going to be less of an interesting one for us, I think. Metaverse. I mean, are you interested in this? I'm not interested in Metaverse. I am still interested in VR. and I have no idea why. I think it's a mm. case of uh, I'm, I'm still a bit of a nerd. And I'm still sort of bit, a little bit of a gaming nerd, although I haven't played a video game in the, so many years. I can still remember the first time I saw Doom 3 with its amazing graphics. I can still remember playing Left 4 Dead 2 and Half-Life, Half-Life 2, Doom even. And all those were really big wow moments in, in sort of computing terms, right? Yeah. And I am sort of... It's funny you bringing this up because I was thinking about this today. I am sort of upset. I'm not going to experience that the next generation of wow. And I think that is going to be VR, you know, like a photorealistic where you actually do feel like you're there. Because even though VR has come along a long way, I still don't think it's where it's we think it should be. Um, sorry, I've gone off on a slightly depressive tangent. No, no. I, I, was, I think I said this to you on Friday, actually. I said, I think I'm getting to that point in my journey where... Yes. I feel I'm less excited about visuals and also quite irritated by that. You know, it's like you hear about a new movie. We were in, uh, I can't remember, one of the big department stores in the UK. And um, they were showing off this big TV. And the guy's mm. talking about the, the joy of QLED and what was the other one? OLED and some other thing. Mm -hmm. And I'm going, I'm just looking at big lights that are blurred. That's, yeah. There's no, I cannot even tell the difference between these anymore on any level. Uh -huh. And, you know, there'd be no value. And it's funny because I've often thought, you know, I wonder what next TV will be. You know, it's like we do this with hi-fis, we do it with computers, we do it with phones, we do it with everything. Well, what will the next thing be? When it comes to television, if I'm honest, you know, when it breaks, I'll get something, but I'm probably not going to spend a lot of money on it because there's no value in it for me. I just, just not. And I don't mean that to sound negative. It just is true. There's just it's nothing true. in it for me. Absolutely. Well, your priorities change. Have you got a 14 inch black and white portable TV back there? And I'll have a. Just um, give me that, you know, yeah. A $2,000 surround sound Dolby Atmos <laughs> uh, system with it. That'd be fantastic. There is nothing more irritating today. And I don't know what it's like in other parts of the world, but there's something going on 
with uh, the satellite companies here in the UK because the audio quality is really bad coming out of shows. Now, it's all surround sound and it's all very fancy, but, you know, it's as if they've compressed the audio so much. It sounds like a cheap MP3 that's coming out of the TV. And it's interesting, all my sighted friends are like, no, 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 the audio's great. Yeah, but you're looking at the picture, right? Your your eyes are focused on the image and you're not listening. But I'm only listening now. Stephen, and the audio is bad. Don't please. What? Don't don't start saying that to, to sighted people. You're not hearing it properly. You don't hear it like I hear it. You hear it like oh yeah, <laughs> okay. Please don't I say know, that. I know, I know, I know. I'm I'm doing the classic, <laughs> right? But you, you know, it's not that my hearing is superb, it's just that I'm using it. That's the difference. Yeah, no, I do know what you mean. It's funny, I was watching a streaming service over the weekend, a new box set that come out. Everyone's talking about a comedy program, and um, it sounded awful. Mm. I couldn't hear the vocals. I went into all the settings, so I thought, this must be set to surround sound, because the, the you know, all the environmental sounds were absolutely fine, but I couldn't hear any vocals. Um, I couldn't fix it in the end, and um, yeah, it's really strange. It doesn't seem to be as much work put into the audio anymore. Interesting you mentioned gaming, though, because I'm hearing a lot, and I don't really follow much on the gaming world, because I just, I think the problem is it's a bit like, I don't know what it's like, it's just for me, I'm not a gamer, I never really have been, I've dipped my toe as far as Hmm. driving a truck for a few years. Um, You loved that. I loved that game, I mean, it was just a bit, it it wasn't even a game, it was just an experience, but I really enjoyed it. But I'm seeing a lot of people now talk about the Mortal Kombat, which seems to be doing really well in terms of accessibility features. Really? I'll be honest, I don't really know what that's on, if that's on Sony or it's on Xbox or what it is, but yeah, a lot of people seem to be excited about that, and, and I guess that's, that's great. I mean, the, the fact is that the audio description and the, and the information that you're getting is getting better. Forza, I think, the driving game, is getting yes. more accessible as well. I think that's on Xbox. And, you know, it's, it's just really good to see that kind of thing going on. And I've, t- I've been toying with bringing people on to talk about it here, but I don't know. I think I, I'm just speaking for you guys, but I, I don't think we're as into the game world as, as other people are. And I think it, we wouldn't maybe do it the justice that some people deserve. And the gaming community, they're, they're pretty territorial on this, and I think quite rightly so, that they want to make sure their message is clear. But I, I often think how many of us as blind people at a certain age you know, if you if we if we were talking to a bunch of teenagers, then yeah, I would say let's let's talk about this day and night. But I, I'm going to suggest that most of us aren't teenagers. So there. How dare you? Um, yeah, I'm kind of wary to say what I'm going to say next, but you know what? I'm going to say it anyway. Go on. Um, when it comes to accessibility in video games, do you think it's more of interest to people with low vision? Um. I know, dangerous. No, 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 I think that's a good question, actually. And I think there's probably some truth to that. And there's nothing wrong with that either. You know, if, I mean, it's. It, I, I keep thinking to myself, if you've got no vision, you're trying to play a game like that. I know I know blind people who do. Um, I, I just don't know how much they get out of it or whether it's, it's a certain type of game they get more out of than others. I suppose a part of it is also, again, it comes back to your point about age as well. I suppose it's all about being included in a social activity if you can do it with your friends or not. Yeah. Maybe it's not so much how much you would get out of it as a single player, you know, sat in your, sat in your own home doing it. Yeah. But if you can take part as a part of a, you know, your, your friend group, then I suppose it makes all the difference in the world. 
Yeah, there is something in that though about the low vision. But but you're right. I, I I mean, like I say, I know people who are totally blind who do play these games. I mean, the, the one the one yeah. name that always comes to mind is Ben Breen, who's known as Sightless Combat, and he is yep. totally blind. He gets so much out of these games, and we've interviewed him here on the show. And he's a great guy, and he's someone who you know he totally loves these games. But then I often think about people like Steve Saylor, who's low vision. And, you know, he will need and benefit from a lot of these accessibility features because even though he's low vision, he'll still need that extra information to play the game. And I know he's been very passionate and spoken passionately about many games as well. Another friend of the show. Yeah. Um, and, you know, well, I that's think why I'm a little bit wary because, of yeah. course, I know there's people out there with absolutely no vision that say, I get a lot out of this. Mm-hmm. And me simply saying, oh, you know, it's how many people are interested sort of diminishes that. But I really don't mean it to. I'm, no, just, I I'm also, just thinking also how many think of those people out there. We, you know, we don't all have to like the same thing. I think it's sometimes this is where the homogenous view get comes in because, and I've been guilty of this. I've said it in the past around things like audio description. You know, even if you don't watch television, like, you know, our good friend Robin, right? He doesn't watch TV. He has no real interest in television. No. He's kind of just given up on pictures, I think is his words. Um and, you know, I get that. I, I I do get that. I get where you get to that point of thinking, I can't be bothered trying to figure out what's going on on the screen with this extra voice in my head as well. Um, but I still think even then it's important for people to talk about and promote as much as possible. Never talk down at least audio description because it benefits all of us, right? It benefits each and every oh, one of us, even if you true. don't use it. Yeah, uh, and I feel I don't want to become dismissive of gaming because I feel that if I if I feel that way about audio description, I should feel the same way about gaming. It's not really something I'm into it at all, but I will 100% support the work of these advocates who are doing an incredible job. Steve Saylor, you know, Ian Hamilton, Sightless Combat, all yes. these names who we've spoken to over the years who are so passionate about this. And you know, I I I love the work they do. It's not something I may ever enjoy, but the fact is I could, and it's thanks to them. That's the point, yeah, having that option there. Yeah, sites like, is it, can I play that.com, you know, the, the work mm. that they do, the popularity of that actually yeah. says quite a lot. So speaking of being dismissive. Um, I'm fired. <laughs> We're kicking <laughs> off. Yes, that's it. Yeah, that's right. I had a word at the weekend. and. Um, he was like, uh, you know, I think the Sean guy is time to, uh, you know, let him know. Bye-bye. Um, but no, we we have both been accused of being a little bit dismissive of something. Oh. Uh, got a lot of messages about this one, so we're going to play them in. Uh, we'll kick off with Callum, who got in touch on the subject of Sound Curtain, a new feature in VoiceOver in iOS 17. Hey, Double Tappers. Um, just been listening to the show from Monday the 18th. And just thought I'd chime in with a bit of clarification on the sound curtain feature in iOS 17. So my understanding of it is that it's a feature primarily for deafblind users, which is why it's in the Braille display settings like section of voiceover settings. So I guess the thinking is that if you're deafblind or if you're blind and got a hearing impairment at least, then you'll be using your phone with a braille display. And you wouldn't necessarily know if the sounds are still on. The idea of sound curtain, a little bit like where screen curtain just shuts off all the visuals so that we can be confident, whether it's for battery life or for privacy, we can be confident that like the screen is just blank. I guess that's the deafblind equivalent. Yeah, there you go. Hope that hope that helps. Hope that clarifies. You know, don't be... 
and be so dismissive of accessibility. <laughs> it's unbelievable. Anyway, um, keep up the good show. Uh, I hope um, hope Mr F doesn't get offended at you being so dismissive of an accessibility feature. Oh, stop saying it. Um, <laughs> yeah, enjoying the show. Keep it up. And I'll speak to you soon. Thank you, Callum. Um, yeah, we were a bit dismissive of it, if I'm totally honest. And, and to be honest, I completely forgot it was under Braille settings. I just I was in and out of those settings so much that I forgot that it was actually in there. And yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, absolutely. I actually had a little dive into um, the sound curtain saying, so yeah, I did then notice, ah, uh, it's in Braille. Yeah, of course. Uh, yeah, absolutely right. But you know what? I don't think I was dismissive of it. Uh, Stephen was as well. No, I, I, no, I was. I was dismissive. I, well, I wasn't per- dismissive. I just didn't know what it was for. I couldn't understand That's it. That's the point. That's just what I was going to say. This is a perfect example of uh, just, you know, ignorance of what that accessibility feature was for. You're ignorant. I, I put my hands up. I absolutely was. I couldn't figure out. I was just looking at it from my little bubble. What, what would I want that for? But yeah, of I know, course, I know. But we do when you that, look at it outside that, it makes absolute sense. So, yeah, you're absolutely right. Scott chimed in. Hello all. I wanted to give an idea or a thought on the purpose of sound curtain. Seems like this would be beneficial to those with hearing loss to make sure they are not broadcasting any information that they are unaware of. Keep up the great work. I've been listening since the first episode of Blind Guy Talks Tech. Tech at least some of the time. Lol. (laughs) Scott from Baltimore, Maryland, USA. I think the way Laura says lol just forever will make me happy. Um, Lol. Greg in Pennsylvania chimed in. Hello, Tappers. The sound curtain is a feature long desired by Braille display users who do not wish others or themselves to be bombarded with speech and other sounds. Regards, Greg in Pennsylvania. Yep, quite right. And also Greg in Phoenix had uh, something to say on this. Hello, Stephen, Sean, Double Tappers. This is one of the many Gregs. Uh, Greg from Phoenix. Sound curtain. You're asking what it's for. Ultimately... It's for people that use Braille displays. If you have a Braille display, you can turn on the sound curtain, and that way uh, everybody else can't hear what's going on, but you can see or feel what's going on through your Braille display. So have a great day. Bye. Thank you, Greg. Thank you to all the Gregs. Thank you to everyone for that. And uh, yeah, I really appreciate all the emails on that topic. And, you know, this is the great thing when we come together and talk about this, because it didn't occur to me at all that it would be under Braille. I know it obviously isn't under Braille display settings, but I, I and the reason I was in there, of course, was because I was trying to set up this Orbit writer. Not been having the most amount of luck with this device. I think it might be either the device or me. I'm I'm going to I'm going to lean towards me being the problem. Yes, so will I. Yeah, I think that's probably the easiest bet, but I'm still working on it. Haven't spent a lot of time over the weekend on it, to be fair. So, you know, I'll get back into it this week at some point. It's one of those things, isn't it? You have a five minute spare to do something, maybe you're waiting on a meeting or something to start, and you think, I'll just do this quickly. And of course nothing's yes. ever quick <laughs> no, when it comes quick. to tech. I remember the days when I used to reset my Windows machine and I would spend, I remember I, I was at school, I remember this when I was at school and I would reset my Windows computer and I would say, it'll only take me an hour and I'd be up to like three in the morning. Oh yeah, no, it's, it's a day of a job. And it, sometimes it you could do it twice because the first time something <laughs> would go terribly, terribly wrong with a driver in store and you'd start again. Uh, let's go to Elijah who got in touch on the sound curtain topic and some other topics. Hello. I would guess that the sound curtain feature in iOS 17 is meant for deafblind people and for a similar purpose to the screen curtain for the blind. 
I pretty much always have a screen curtain on mostly for privacy and also to save any battery power it saves. If I were deafblind, I would probably appreciate a feature that turns off all sound, and the reasons I would use it would be similar, for privacy in case my speech is left on and for saving battery power. Also, it's probably pretty easy to turn the volume up by mistake if you can't hear any sound, so someone might accidentally annoy people by turning the volume up really loud and not realise it. Regarding iPads, I'm completely blind and I still use an iPad mini a lot. When I use it, I almost always use my braille display or Bluetooth keyboard, so I don't care about the screen size very much, but my iPad mini has a much longer battery life than my iPhone SE 2020, so I mostly use my phone when I'm not at home or for scanning and photo identification apps, and my iPad for longer usage at home or in class when I'm not on my laptop or something else. GPS uses a lot of battery on my phone, so even when I upgrade to a new phone with longer battery life, I'll probably still find the iPad useful as a second device for different things. Also, when you review the Smart Vision 3, can you talk about performance? I noticed that it uses the MediaTek P70 processor, and I heard some bad things about the performance of another phone with this CPU a while ago on the show. Also, I had a Chromebook with a MediaTek Helio P60, and it had a pretty good performance when running websites and Android apps, although with Linux apps, it was kind of slow, and some things took a while to load. From Elijah. Thank you, Elijah. Um... Okay, we'll start. Well, well start you're right the, there, Stephen. Sorry, you're a bit sluggish. I know. I was just, I was just <laughs> thinking where I go first. Um, okay, I'll start with the capsules. You might have heard the review, Elijah. If not, go back and have a listen to the review uh, that we did. Uh, it's uh, on the Saturday edition. It's actually a different review, um, and it's worth maybe saying at this point if you haven't checked out the Double Tap Express because you listen all week and you think, well, it's just a repeat show on a Saturday. It's not. We actually do have a lot of interesting content that you might not hear. Uh, through the week and um, it allows us sometimes to kind of delve into other stories so we did this weekend with uh, that dateability app we got a chance to hear from the developers of that so really interesting story about how one disabled woman decided to develop an app for other disabled people to help her date but also other disabled people date so it might be worth checking that out but yeah the capsis review is there it's a slightly different review it's actually one I recorded prior to doing the show Um, I recorded it didn't get time to edit it, so we just did it live. Uh, but I actually then went back and edited it, and it turned out it was not a complete dog's dinner. Which I was quite it was impressed very by. good. Thank yes, you. absolutely. You did so listen you to what to... you talking about. I, I, absolutely, I did, Stephen. Um, it was very good. Uh, <laughs> do you want to do you want to make a comment on the performance? Uh, well, yeah, well, I did. I mean, we talked about this in the, in the review that you clearly listened to. No, um, no, no. Yeah, but we talked about it when we did it live as well. But I'm yeah. saying... You're just saying go back and listen to it. Do you want to say now what you think of the performance? Yeah, you, you want that. I've got to, you know, do the homework for them as well. Is that what yes. you're saying? Yes. Ah, just right. say, did you find it sluggish or not? No. Okay, there you go. No, okay. I, I, actually, honestly, I, I think it's one of those devices where I think it has got a little bit of a lag on it when you're using it, but only, and I don't know if that's because of the buttons. You know, I don't know if it's just a button thing. I don't know if you changed the voice, it would improve. There's lots of um, caveats, and yeah. I think this is something we'll continue to investigate with it. Uh, I'm going to put eloquence on there and just see what it sounds like, because first off, I mean, it'll sound great, but also, will it be any faster? Because any time you put fly. eloquence in something, it will fly, right? So mm-hmm. that could make a difference. And if it does, that says a lot. I think, I think uh, I've think i noticed this with TalkBack before and other devices. It's not you, you immediately think it's quite sluggish. But if you turn off a lot of the clicks and the pops and the noises and you change the voice and you speed it up a bit, 
then actually with a bit of customization, you can make these things move a bit faster. So we yeah, shall definitely see. Feel we shall see. Um, on the iPad front, though, that's interesting. And I know you're not alone in this, Elijah, because there's lots of us. My mother-in-law does this all the time. She has like four different devices. She just goes between battery dies and this. Go to the next one. Bring out that old iPad. <laughs> oh, here's yes. the other iPad. Here's the new iPad. Here's my iPhone. And she just goes between them in a circle. You know, one goes on the charge and then, you know, pick up the next one. I think it's because she likes Candy Crush. Um, but yeah, so, you know, she's doing all that stuff. And I think there's probably a lot of us do that. We go between different devices. Although, do we as blind people? Is that different? Are we different no, I don't way? think so. No, no. Well, it, it depends how many devices you have to hand. A lot of people yeah, well, will just, helps, yeah. you know, have to sell a device in order to get the new one. But yeah, there's absolutely nothing wrong. We were saying last time about the iPad, you know, once once you take the screen out of the equation, mm. what does it offer a blind person? Um, and yes, the thing you brought up there, Elijah, was, of course, the battery life, <laughs> which makes absolute yeah. sense. Yeah. And of course, the other thing is, like you say, the screen size isn't important. The real estate doesn't bother you. Although I would be intrigued about this, Elijah, because there is a slight difference. In fact, there's more of a difference now than ever in the way the operating system works. I would say it's more column-based. There's certainly more columns that you will have. You know, So you, you would have much more on screen. Whereas, you know, say, for example, you're in the Mail app. Um, in the Mail app, you move to a, a particular message. That message will open up on screen beside... The list, whereas on an iPhone you would move from the list of messages into the message itself. That is a different way yeah. of navigating. Is that more challenging? I mean, well, clearly I not for Elijah because you're using it. Well, and again, Elijah is using a. Did he say a, a Braille display with it? Braille display, but, but yeah, but it's still the same issue though, right? You're still navigating around. Yeah, but is it easier to navigate? Is the columns more of it? I always remember uh, being really surprised when I was using my iPad. And for some reason, the pin code came up to, to do something. But it wasn't in the bottom of the screen. It was oh. just somewhere floating around. I had to go around uh, Touch and Explore to find it. And I thought, ah, right, okay, so that's, that's totally different. Now, the touch interface is different, but if you're using a Braille display or a Bluetooth keyboard, is it just a case of jumping between those columns, a keyboard shortcut or a cord that allows you to do that? So you mm. wouldn't notice it as much of a, an issue, right? Although it is different from the iPhone, admittedly. Elijah, thanks for your comments. Tiffany also jumped in on this topic about iPads. Hi there, Sean and Stephen. It's Tiffany again. I just listened to your latest episode. Got a good laugh out of it, by the way. And a fun fact, like Sean, I do not use coasters, um, even though maybe sometimes I should. But unlike most normal people probably do, and maybe I should, I tend to work off of the sofa, which means sometimes I'll be sitting at one end of the couch and have the iPad and keyboards and stuff kind of strewn from one end to the other. <laughs> Unfortunately, my cat Rachel enjoys that. But uh, anyway, it's a good thing I live alone, I guess. But uh, I wanted to give my uh, thoughts on the updates. I, like I usually do, for better or worse, took the plunge head first and downloaded it, you know, as soon as it became available. And uh, I haven't had any issues. I've enjoyed playing around with it, actually. And I wanted to give my comments on the iPad situation. So I'm totally blind and I have the iPad mini 6. I've always preferred, you know, as a totally blind person, I like the smaller devices. 
And the way I get around it, or the way I found the most helpful, especially if I'm on the web filling out various forms and things, is to use my Orbit Rider because it has that four-way directional pad thing up above the spacebar, so I can set the rotor to form controls or whatever I want, and then go up and down the arrow keys, and then hit the enter key in the middle and type what I want into the text fields, and I get through forms a whole lot faster that way. So, nice. yeah, it's how I get around it, and actually use this thing on a daily basis but uh i enjoyed the show and keep up the good work have a good one thank you tiffany um yeah, yeah. good reason she's to a have rebel an i like that yeah I, 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 I often just lounge on the sofa with keyboards propped up against the sofa at the side and mm-hmm. you know iphones all stra- ah, there's something nice it's tech decadence that's what it is tech fight the power yeah <laughs> <laughs> you don't need uh, a desk no, exactly. Who needs a desk? I'm sitting here with a desk. I, I actually used to have two desks in this office, and then I moved to one because I realized you know, I only ever live with one desk. I have two desks. One just becomes wow. a storage facility, and the other one is where I actually do things. Can I say, don't forget, you did have a bit of a Hulk moment and smash, Stephen, smash your oh, desk That was to the pieces. day when I, I decided that I wanted to move the desk out of the room. I couldn't get it out of the room, and let's just say I was having a bit yep. of a bad day, yep. and yep. Uh, yep. I took it out on the desk. Well, I had a bit of a rec room moment all to myself. <laughs> uh, the room. It's like, I remember that joke about the guy went into the rec room and you know, he smashes the place to bits and he's broken everything and everyone's standing absolutely horrified. And he's saying, why are you all surprised at this? He's like, this is the reception. You were supposed to wait to get into the room. That's the room in there. Uh, oh, sorry. Dear. I don't know what a rec room is. You've never been to a rec room? I'm going to take you to a rec room. You will have the time of your life. Oh, I was thinking recreation room. What are we talking about? Is that a you go thing? in and you smash it to bits. Yeah, yeah, that's a thing. No. It is. Are you sure? Did someone just tell you that and watch I, you trash I... a hotel room? <laughs> <laughs> is there a YouTube video of you somewhere? Yeah. <laughs> this is double tap. We'll take a short break. We'll be right back. Um, I'm going to go and Google Rec Room now. <laughs> Connect with the Double Tappers on social media now. On Twitter and Facebook at Double Tap On Air and on Mastodon at Double Tap. Okay, I'm Googling, but I'm just hoping uh, there is one. I've yeah, there's loads heard. of them. What Rec Room? Yeah, there's one in Scotland. There's one in, wow. Feedback at doubletaponair.com. Has anyone else heard of a rec room? As in W-R-E-C-K. Ridding the world of stress through the art of smashing, let's just say, stuff up. Oh. Yeah. Well well done. I'm amazed. Okay, I take it back. Well done, you. I think what we're... There's one called Trainwreck. What on earth is that? (laughs) I I have to look that website up later there. (laughs) Got to figure out what that is. Trainwreck? Wow. Ah, anyway, okay. Shall we get back to the subject Please. at hand, which is technology? Is there, can you, is there a tech angle in doing the show from a rec room? Um, no. Okay. <laughs> Sorry, no. Okay, let's move on. And uh, Dean's been in touch from New Zealand. He's a big fan of yours, as you know. Um, he's the guy oh. that calls you Long Nose Jim. Oh, yeah, that's good. Yeah. Uh, and that's what he's calling you here. Hi, Stephen, Laura, and Long Nose Jim. Can you please put it out into the Double Tap universe as to what apps are working correctly in iOS 17, such as Seeing AI, VD Scan, and Vision, which I've never found any good, plus another I've always found pretty good. It's called, still on my phone, Prismo Go, oh, and Blind Square. I seem to remember one of you saying, make sure all your apps are up to date before you install iOS 17. Aren't the apps supposed to update themselves? 
I'm not a very bright spark when it comes to a lot of tech stuff, unlike all the other clever Trevors who communicate to the show. I, for one, won't be updating straight away to iOS 17 until I get the word it is stable enough and safe and that most of the buglies have been ironed out. Stephen, I bet none of your keyboards have lasted 13 years like my $20 keyboard I just have plugged into my laptop. Mm. Again, I don't know this stuff, but aren't all keyboards the same? We all have <gasps> the same buttons. How dare you? How dare Keep you? up the great and terribly exciting content, which I just thoroughly enjoy every morning over breakfast. Oh, please tell Longnose Jim to stop strangling cats with his woeful attempts to sing. That's a surefire way to drop the ratings. I'm sure Longnose Jim is on a last warning with Mr. F before he gets the high jump. <laughs> it's written. I can't see the written warnings. It's absolutely fine. God bless you, Mr. F. Um, <laughs> okay, Stephen, do you want to do you want to take that one? Um, okay. So, uh, well, look. I think first off, Dean, you're doing the right thing. Uh, do not update iOS 17 at the moment if you're in any doubt. What's the old phrase? If in doubt, leave it out. Yeah, uh, which is a not you don't apply that to milk. Um, that's because uh, it doesn't <laughs> work the same way. Uh, everything but milk. But yeah, I can't. I can't remember <laughs> us saying make sure your apps are up to date because I, I don't think we mentioned. No, the I apps. think I think what you were picking up there, Dean, was we were talking about the apps. I, I was making sure that if you have updated, that your apps are then up to date at that stage because you you want to make sure that the apps because I, for example, had an issue with my banking app. One of my banking apps just would not work. And um, I tried adding my card number in a number of times, would not work. So I gave up on it, realized it's probably because I was in the beta cycle. Banking apps tend to be the ones that have the, the biggest challenge because they don't often like to work on a beta. They don't, um, yeah, you're right. And, and there's good reason for that, right? The security reasons and all the rest. So, you know, absolutely fine. And I took that decision to download the beta myself. So, you know, I'll take responsibility for that. But now we're out of the beta cycle, I was kind of expecting it to work, and it wasn't. So what I had to do was delete the app and reload it again. Now, there's nothing different in that previous app, but maybe an update hasn't been pushed through or you know, to my phone, but is actually available. I don't know. So I had to delete that app and, and install it again. So I think you're doing the right thing, Dean. I would stay off the beta, or so stay off the update for now. There are a lot of bugs on there. Appleviz.com is a great place to go. I have to say... For, for those of us who are techie people, and I don't often include myself in that sentence because, you know, even I can be a bit overwhelmed by all this. And I am finding a lot of this information that I get as is, is, is useful and as wonderful as it is. It's quite overwhelming if you don't know tech that well to just go to the Applevis website and read the full list of nightmares that are waiting for you if you upload, update to iOS 17. So, you know, for me, I, I tend to just ho would suggest holding off for maybe a few more weeks. Usually the, the marker is when they come out with, say, in this case, 17.1. Now, I know they've released one just the other day, 17.0.1. That was a security update. But when they actually get to 17.1, that's usually when a lot of the big issues are addressed. And it's usually about that time most people start to update. You don't have to update, though. That's the thing. I mean, they kind of push Absolutely this on not. us. But you don't actually need to for you know, you could wait a year if you wanted to. It doesn't make any difference. Your phone's not going to change um, in any way. You know, the, the only people... thing you have to be careful of is automatic updates. It could just automatically do it itself if you've set it to do that. That's the other thing as well. The the apps themselves won't update themselves unless you turn that setting on or off. I think by default, actually, it is turned on, so the apps should update themselves. Mm -hmm. But you can turn that off, and you know, a lot of people recommend that because there may be an update that will. Yeah, 
bring bugs into accessibility in an app. So you want to stay on the previous version. So lots of people do go into the settings and turn off automatic updates for apps. So that's a, yeah, that is an option. Uh, and as for you, um, there's not a lot I can say really. Singing. I'm a beautiful singer, but I won't do it because, you know, I sing so well. They think we're playing the original music. Um, <laughs> yeah. Maybe not. Uh, can I just say, as, as for apps that don't work, I haven't come across any showstoppers yet. Seeing AI works perfectly fine for me. Be mm. my AI still working okay. Um, anything else? I don't use Envision, so I don't know how that is. But, um, yes, I don't know of any major apps that have just totally stopped working under 17. But again, AppleViz is a great resource for those sort of problems. And as for keyboards, I've never had one that lasted 13 years, but that's because I wouldn't let it last 13 years, I think is the problem. Oh, they're all the same. Doesn't matter, does it, Stephen? Uh-huh. All right. I okay. remember, I think I told you the story of the time I said that to a train spotter and it did not go well. Yeah. You're well, the... not, not about keyboards. I was talking about trains. <laughs> you, you probably would agree with you, Dean. You'd be like, yeah, all keyboards are the same, but trains? What? Don't, don't get me started on trains. You're the train spotter of the keyboard world, of course. That's exactly it. Uh, Rebecca Skipper's been in touch. Would it be possible to use the action button to replace the home button we may lose when the new SE comes out? I refuse to give up my iPhone SE 2022 until it is no longer supported. I've even thought about switching to the Google Pixel at some point because of the embedded fingerprint reader. Oh, um, okay. Sorry. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Straight to the point, Rebecca. <laughs> well, it depends there. That seems a little bit mixed, Rebecca, if you don't mind me saying. Um, are you talking about losing the um, the fingerprint sensor or the home button? Because the, the action button obviously can't be a fingerprint sc- uh, scanner. Um, but could you somehow create a shortcut that would make it act as a home button and take you directly to the um, home screen? I'm sure you could. Um, but you would still use uh, lose the fingerprint, you know, touch ID. Basically, you would lose that. I don't know why. It seems like a missed opportunity by Apple. Now, I'm often a little bit cynical about this because I often think to myself, okay, what are they holding back this year that then they can come out with next year and say, hey, look, we put it in, and now you've got to buy this thing. Uh, you know it's going to appear on a Pro. There's going to be a Face ID and Touch ID combo on a Pro iPhone sometime in the future. It's going to all be about, you know, double the security, I'm sure. Do you sure. want my prediction on this? I, yes, please. I think we're going to see uh, Touch ID coming in the same way we saw on the iPad Mini to the new yes. iPhone SE. Oh. And it'll be in the iPhone 13 mini form factor. You heard it here first. Um, yeah, should, I'm not we sure. We should keep that clip. We won't, yeah. but we should keep no. that clip. But you know what? Posterity. Our listeners will. They'll Our remember. listeners will. Yeah, you'll remember. <laughs> uh, I'll forget I ever said it and deny it here ever in. But I, I think that might be the case because it seems to me that they don't value Touch ID in the same way they do Face ID. Face ID is the premium and Touch ID is secondary. It is, which doesn't make too much sense, I don't think, really. I, I would have thought if you could have both. I mean, the, the, the cost of fingerprint scanners themselves to implement is is sense now. It, 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 you could, yeah, I don't know. I think it makes total sense to have both. Bearing in mind it was a haptic button as well on the iPhone SE, the second yes. gen anyway. Um, so you had the haptic button and you had Touch ID via that. So, you know, I mean, this is what I mean. You know, the iPhone 15 Pro and the Pro Max could have easily, 
that action button could have been a fingerprint sensor as well. That would have made a lot of sense, actually, to have it in that I multiple, think so. yeah. you know, multiple function. I think but, that will but come. But I think you're right. I, I, yeah, it's probably going to come. I think you're. I think we're both right, actually. I think there'll be a, a, a 13 mini style form factor for an USE. It'll have a touch ID button top right on the outer on the outer side, and then there'll be the 15 or the 16. It'll be then Pro Max and Pro that'll have both Face ID and Touch ID. Uh, and for some go. reason, everyone else will just have Face ID. I, I don't get it. And and it's like, when's it coming to the Mac? I mean, you know, I have to say, Windows Hello, Hello is brilliant. Oh. Absolutely amazing. It recognizes your face and logs you into the appropriate profile, appropriate user account, depending on who, who you are. You don't have to even touch the screen. Don't you just love Absolutely it when you're you put, you've got the screen reader on and it says, looking for you. You're like, oh, here I am. Hello. Yeah, I know. And then it says, making sure it's you and you get a little bit closer. Hello. And you're in. It's absolutely Great. brilliant. I love that feature. Um, okay. Well, thank you for that, Rebecca. Um, I want to uh, bring in Lena or Lena. Let's say Lena. Uh, Lena, because uh, that's actually how you say her name, isn't it? Um, yes. So <laughs> let me bring in Lena, because uh, you might remember uh, Lena's Weatherology app demo, and we had an email in last week saying that there was a few issues trying to oh, figure yes. out differences between Fahrenheit and Celsius and all that. So Lena's come back with an answer. Hello, Double Tappers. On the September 18th show, a listener asked a question about making choices in the Weatherology app. I'd like to show you how this works. Let's start by seeing my temperature and wind speed settings. I have the app open and I'm going to swipe right. Conditions, mostly sunny. Wind, northwest 14 kilometers slash age. Temperature, 23 degrees Celsius. Now I'm in San Diego, so if it was 23 degrees, it would be really cold. So you can tell that it's Celsius by the number and because it said. Wind, temperature, 23 degrees Celsius. Okay, I like to change these settings back to my familiar in the U.S., miles per hour and Fahrenheit. So let's go to settings. 1052.8. Settings is up in the left corner of the screen. Settings. There we go. Double tap. Double tap to now I'm going to swipe window. right button. to get to the settings. choice. Heading. Help. Button. About. Bu- maps. Bu- audio. Button. Notifications. Units. Button. Here's my units button. Double tap. Temperature units. Heading. I'm going to show you both of the temperature units. VoiceOver does not give us a clue as to which one is selected at the moment. Fahrenheit. Degrees Fahrenheit. Celsius, degrees Celsius. But we know it's Celsius because we listen to the weather. I'm going to swipe left. Fahrenheit, degrees Fahrenheit. I'm going to double tap and listen to what voiceover says. Fahrenheit, degrees Fahrenheit. That tells us that this is the choice that's highlighted. Now I'd like to fix my wind speed, so I'm going to swipe right. Wind speed units, heading, miles per hour, miles per hour. Miles per hour. Miles per hour. I double tapped and it said miles per hour. So now I'm going to swipe back to the left and close Unit. this Setting. so double, we can double tap, double tap to dismiss pop-up window. That settings button. The app used the choices that I selected. I'll put my finger in about the middle of the screen. High temperature, 73 degrees. Low temperature, 63 degrees. Okay, we've got my Fahrenheit back. Play forecast on conditions. Mo- wind northwest nine miles per hour. 
and I've got my wind speed back to nine miles per hour. The way to think about this is whatever voiceover said last is the item that is highlighted and that is your selected choice. I hope this helps and I hope everybody's having a sunshine day. As always, Lena, thank you for what you do and uh, the not just the demos you do, which are absolutely fantastic, and there are more waiting in the wings to Sarah. come out. Oh, yes, yes, absolutely brilliant. And please keep them coming. And if you want to send yours in, you can do that as well. If you want, and we can edit it for you. Don't worry if, if you record some stuff and you make some mistakes. We can fix that. Um, well, Sean can. Um, you. you can email feedback at doubletapaudio.com, attach an audio file, or maybe link us to a Dropbox file or whatever you've got, wherever it is. And uh, you can also call us and just leave a voicemail, one eight seven seven eight zero three four five six seven. 4567 I want to uh, bring in a voicemail from Cece, who we haven't heard from in a little while. Hey, folks, this is Cece on the line from Montreal. I have a couple or three comments to make. I, too, mm-hmm. agree that given uh, adequate training, Anyone without a physical disability should be able to uh, make have a go at uh, uh, touchscreens. I also like to say that I thoroughly agree with Stephen on his choice of the Bose Flex. I hate to endorse a product that was so expensive, but uh, it really does do the job. It sounds pretty great. It's a good size. And for those that are in the lanyard-loving realm, there's a place to attach a lanyard if you need one. Lanyard. <laughs> the pocket recorder or digital uh, dictaphone, I think you were calling them in the show, I carry one with me in my, you know, my bag that I carry all around all the time because it is so simple. I power the thing on, and I can write down a phone number, I can get a result from uh, in the doctor's office and then transfer that to my computer just by listening and typing it out again. I think that the uh, pocket digital recorder is an excellent device that the telephone simply cannot, uh, you can't do the same thing with it. The phone is, is very complicated. I've got about half a dozen recording devices on my phone and they're great for what they do, but if you're in the middle of a phone call, it's impossible to to pick that up to make mm-hmm. a note. Yeah. Yep. So uh, thanks for the show, and bye bye from CC in Montreal. Thanks for that, CC. Appreciate that, and yeah, I agree. Uh, you know, this is why these devices are so important, right? Yeah, but as we mentioned, it seems like there's getting less and less of them. It's a niche um, within a niche, though, isn't it? I mean, there's so few of us who might want to buy one within a subset of a disability group. Um, well, it's because we want an accessible one. That's the thing. Yeah. And, and that's, that's where the problem comes in. I mean, for me, I think, you know, the Olympus range with voice guidance, absolutely fantastic, but I just don't think there's enough of a call for those, especially at those sort of prices. A lot of people just want something they can just throw in their pocket or keep by the, on the telephone table. So I'm not sure that... Um, they will survive. So for me, accessibility is uh, just simple buttons, a simple interface. You know, here, button record. Here in the UK, we have um, 
ATMs that you would walk up to, you would get your money from. And in the US, they have them where, and I don't know if it's the same in Canada, you can drive through. So you can sort of drive through, stop, and you can take cash out the the cash machine, use the ATM. And on every ATM that's drive-through is Braille. And lots of people always question, who's this for, right? Why is there Braille on an ATM? And I'm going to ask you this question. Why is that the case? Why is there Braille on a drive-through ATM? I read an article this week that Mm -hmm. explained the reason for this. So I want to know if you got it right, because I didn't know. So you're about to throw me under the bus. I'll throw, I'll throw myself under if you like, but because I, I didn't know. I would, as a experienced drive-through user myself, <laughs> yes, uh, of certain restaurants, oh. uh, I often drive through in the back of a taxi. Okay, that's a good answer, but it's not the right one. Ah, uh, uh, on. no, it's because the manufacturers of the ATM machines use the same model across everything they do. Oh, of course they do. That makes sense. So if you walk up to one of those, you'll use one with Braille, and blind people would use that. But it's the same one that goes to the drive throughs and that's the reason it's there. And the point is, inclusive design across the board, right? And that's why I come back to the dictaphone with this. If you just put the voice guidance in all of them, and not just one of them, wouldn't it be cheaper overall to do it that way, as opposed to having to you know, develop a specific product. That's very true. But I've been hoping for something like that, almost speech on a chip for years and years. I mean, my thought was, surely, you know, you could have silicon universally that you could put in anything, washing Mm -hmm. machine, any application, uh, uh, sorry, any appliance uh, that would give uh, a speech output. Um, But yeah, it doesn't necessarily make it so. They will just do it the cheapest way possible. Yeah, but the, and the thing is, of course, they spend more money by what they might call doing good social and corporate responsibility work. But what they actually do is they show us, they, they show us almost a glimmer of hope, and then they have to take it away again when they realise, well, either no one's buying it or this is actually not very cost-effective for us to do. And it's because they're doing it in a small number of products. If you built it into all your products... All washing machines could talk, all washing machines could, you know, almost in the same way that it's got a screen and an audible click and maybe an app, you know, there's different ways to use the device. You know, it would make more sense, right? And then you would make that product universally inclusive and accessible to all because I think the bit, you know, I know there's a bit of a debate in our community at the minute around what we call temporary, temporary disability, temporarily disabled um, and there's some people don't, I know a lot of people, in, well, some people in our community don't like to talk about that too much because they think that it, it kind of demeans the, the bigger picture. It demeans the, the conversation we're having and the importance of, of the accessible tech and the stuff we use. Uh, if we talk about it temporarily, then we're just maybe shining a light on it rather than getting deep into the debate. I get the argument, but I think the problem is if you don't make people realize that anybody at any time could become disabled, and we mustn't fear that, then that's the only, because that's the only way for me we're ever going to get to the stage where all these products become accessible. When people realise that at any point you could become yes. disabled, and the answer to that is not to throw out every appliance in your home and replace it with, you know, the disability equivalent, it's to just use the same stuff. And the only products that seem to have got this in mind are smartphones and computers. That's it. Those are the two categories that have managed to get it right. Every computer is accessible. 
every computer, every smartphone is accessible. But, you know, you buy a television, good luck. Your experience, not only your mileage may vary, your experience may not be very good at all. Good luck with set-top boxes for cable and satellite. Good luck with washing machines. Good luck with microwaves. Good luck for anything else in the kitchen. Yeah, well, there's certain sectors that still got a long, long way to go when it comes to accessibility. You're absolutely right. Camille's got in touch with a nice email. I think you'll like this one. First of all, I would like to comment on the Friday, September 8th Double Tap show. Michael's on. The best ever. I could barely believe it. There was talk about tech practically the whole show. (laughs) Stephen shone by his absence. Lol. And then he came back and we heard about biscuits, spiders and mint and other funny things. Ah, well, you cannot have it all. Thanks, Stephen, for the Bose Bluetooth SoundLink Flex review. I think I'm convinced that this is the one I want. Congrats on your new TV show with a flalo. But now I have to ask... Since both Access Tech Live and Double Tap on Air are aired at the same time on Thursdays, which show are we supposed to listen to? Mm-hmm. Thanks for everything and keep on tapping. Camille from Regina. Well, the good thing is Access Tech Live is on YouTube. You can go watch it there after the show. It's available. Uh, it's even streamed live on YouTube. You can go and watch it directly and it's available afterwards to to watch in full as well. And you can listen to the show as a podcast. Oh, you know, yeah, you're, you're kind of well served. Yeah, well served. But which one do you listen to live and which one do you put off to later on? Which one takes priority? I think the actual question there. I think it depends which one you take to bed. That's what I'm going to say. Uh, What? (laughs) (laughs) You you, you glossed over, you didn't even realise what I said there, did you? Like, hang on, what? (laughs) Um, Okay. Thank you. Yes, Mickey B was great. Yes. Um, (laughs) um, I want to uh, thank you, Camille. I'm just going to leave that one alone. Uh, I want to move on to Jackie, who got in touch with us for the first time. Hi, Stephen and Sean. Before I start, I would just like to thank the lovely Laura for making me sound sophisticated for the first time in my life. (laughs) Without wishing to sound like a stalker, I have listened to Stephen's broadcast since he started hosting Tech Talk on RNIB Radio. Sean, I have listened to on various podcasts, not least the spectacular Sean of the Shed. I haven't, before this point, contacted either of you. I enjoy just listening to everyone else and the pictures they conjure up in my head. An example of this is whenever I think about the two of you together, I get an image of you both pledging allegiance to the bromance by Sean with his strawberry daiquiri and Stephen inhaling the vapours of the open bottle of scotch that he has had in his possession for several years. I can hear Stephen offering to sit on Sean's commode. I also very much enjoy the blind blunders. I, like Sean, have RP... As my vision disappeared over the years, there have been many of them, not least having an argument in a large department store with a very rude woman who refused to answer my question regarding directions. Eventually, someone tapped me on the shoulder and asked if I was okay as I had spent several minutes arguing with my reflection in a full-length mirror. I've done it! On the subject of people asking questions of the person with you. Once, in a local store, the cashier asked my friend, does she want a carrier bag? My friend, not missing a beat, said, I don't know. After a lengthy silence, my friend turned to me and said, I'll be back in a minute. She then walked away, leaving the two of us to our silence. Eventually, the cashier shouted very slowly at the top of her lungs, Do you want a carrier bag? I responded in a similar cadence. Yes, please. And if you tell me how much my shopping costs, I will even pay you. (laughs) Anyway, I digress. The reason I have broken my silence and it's too late to put the genie back in the bottle is because listening to you six days per week, I am feeling like part of the gang. 
As such, I feel it my duty to take Sean to one side and explain that just because he is a man, it is not obligatory to put his mouth around every vessel that he encounters. Milk bottles, toothpaste tubes and licking batteries, Mm -hmm. just being but a few. (laughs) One workaround for the toothpaste problem would be, one, take the uncapped toothpaste tube in your dominant hand. Two, squeeze the toothpaste onto the non-dominant index finger, pointing finger, if you prefer. Three, place said finger in your mouth and rub around your teeth. Four, place toothbrush in your mouth and scrub away. Nothing I have said is intended to give offence. Everything is meant tongue-in-cheek, which is a permissible place for your tongue to reside. (laughs) Thank you for taking the time to listen to my ramblings, and I will completely understand if you choose not to read it out. Keep up the excellent work. It is really appreciated. Just Jackie, or for the benefit of your screen reader, Jackie. P.S. This is a tech email. Honestly. <laughs> Absolutely wonderful. Thank you so much for that, Jackie. And Absolutely. you know if there's a way to bring yourself into this show, that's the way to do it. And look, you are part of the show and you have been as you all are for many, many years. And I thank you for that, for giving us your time and, and allowing us into your home every single day, into your ears. Oh, thank Speaking you. of which, we'll be back tomorrow. Doing it all again and uh, lots more to come. Keep your feedback coming. We love it. And it means everything to us. Feedback at doubletaponair.com, one eight seven seven eight zero three four five six seven. Sean, catch you tomorrow. Thank you. Bye-bye. Hi, I'm Red Sale, inviting you to download the latest episode of My Life in Books where internationally acclaimed authors discuss their lives, their work, and three books that have resonated with them. That's My Life in Books, available wherever you get your AMI podcasts.